All right. Yo, 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 what is up, my Fallopian Tourist Society from the Vine Hill coming back at you with another video for your butt. And we are on the Four Collectors, Four Collectors channel, a uh, channel we put together uh, just kind of for collectors. There's so many channels out there that are for investors, for, you know, and stuff like that, uh, flippers. Why not make one for collectors, right? Even though there are some already, but this is our thing, man. So today, I am having a Q&A. Uh, basically, ask Pepino anything. We did do a couple of videos before. Or ask if you could put in the comments any questions you have. But feel free, if you're in the live, to also ask any questions. Okay? Uh, so, I'm ready to start, man. I, it feels like an hour is a long time to fill. All right? But uh, here's the first question. On days that you don't work, what is your morning routine? All right, well, I got to say uh, my morning routine is first thing I do is uh, go to the bathroom, you know, drop off the kids at the pool. And then after that, normally I go straight to Starbucks. Uh, that's my morning routine. Almost every day I get off is wake up, go to Starbucks, uh, get a coffee for me and my wife, uh, whether she's working or not. And that's almost that's how it starts off. And from there. You know, I have no idea where it goes, but that's normally how I start off my morning routines on my day off, man, is I get my coffee uh, and drink it, watching some YouTube and hopefully eating some breakfast. All right. So that's question number one. Uh, what is the best tasting year or brand of cards? I got to say the best tasting year. Uh, is 56, man, because that is some pure. Peruvian flake cardboard right there. That is some pure wood. Uh, but 58 tops for whatever reason has the best cardboard taste, man. And if you guys don't know, there's been a couple of shiny cards, chrome or flare, or whatever. Man, that man, I seriously like felt like acid on my tongue that were nasty, nasty, man. Uh, but cardboard, 58 toss, man. I love the taste of cardboard. That's how you can authenticate something. I can lick a card and tell you what year it's from, uh, depending on the type of wood that they use that year. But, yeah, man, but some chrome cards, some shiny cards, ugh, they actually, like, ugh, leave something on your tongue. <laughs> All right. So, man, moving along. Uh, who wrote the Book of Love? A lot of people like to say it was St. Valentine. Uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, honestly, I never really thought about that. Who wrote the book of love? It's a great song. Who wrote Who wrote the book of love? <laughs> uh, okay, wow, we're moving on to the next one. Uh, favorite movie and favorite genre of movies. And what is the last movie you watched? The last movie that I think I saw at the theaters. Oh, uh, what was it? I just went not that long ago. I'm trying. I almost want to say that it was uh, Super Mario Brothers, but I, I think we went to go see one after that. Um, man, I can't remember now. But anyways, your favorite genre of movies. My favorite genre of movies is probably romantic comedies. You know, uh, that'll go on to my favorite movie because one of my favorite movies of all time is Fever Pitch. Uh, it's a baseball romantic comedy. 
it's a great story. If you guys don't know, like uh, the Fairly Brothers are my favorite directors. They write comedies all the time. So they wrote this movie about the Boston Red Sox and just how they sucked. At the time, they sucked. So when they wrote the movie, uh, the team was supposed to lose and get knocked out of the playoffs like they do every year. But that particular year, they actually won. So at the last minute, they had to change the script and change the script. And they even got to follow the playoffs. The, the movie set went to the, with the team to the playoffs in the World Series. Can't get more romantic than that. But yeah, romantic comedies, man. Uh, those are my favorite. What is your favorite post-playing days Mickey Mano? There is a uh, Topps Chrome card. I don't know if they make it in the regular Topps, uh, Topps, but it's with Mickey Mantle hunting. He's with a hunting rifle, and he has his dog with him. Now, I'm a dog lover. I've had dogs all my life, man. Um, I love dogs. So that card with Mickey Mantle and his dog, about his hunting dog, about to go hunting, he's holding his rifle. That is my favorite um, post-playing days Mickey Mantle card. Tell us details of your squat routine. Man, my squat routine, sometimes I do it with one leg, sometimes with two legs. Sometimes I even squat without using my legs. Use your imagination on that one, man. But, uh, man, my squat routine is killer. <laughs> uh, what price is more magical, Disneyland, Dodger Stadium, or the L.A. Coliseum? Uh well, basically, Disneyland is pretty expensive for one day. But if you get the pass and you go often, you could really make a deal out of it. Uh, Dodger Stadium, man, the prices are pretty ridiculous now. Now, I started working at Dodger Stadium in 2004. And one of the things that I remember, like, big time, is that I could buy my family and like on days that I would have off, I could take a day off. Four tickets for a hundred bucks on the field. Field level tickets when I first started in 2004 were $25 each. Field level, the very bottom, by the dugout, a little bit past, 25 bucks. Um, but now, nowhere near there. And the LA Coliseum, man, it really depends on the event. But it's also a great deal. Man, the, the rows are thin. The stairs are real steep. It feels dangerous, but that's why it's a great deal, man. That building, you talk about some history, LA Coliseum's got some history. Can be a little pricey on some things, but it's well worth the experience. If you could have any one card that you don't have and isn't a mantle, what would it be? Um, man, if any, any, any card, Either I would pick the the Eddie Plank or the Napoleon Lajaway. I used to always call him the Joey. The thing with the Lajaway, when I was a kid, I used to have these set of replica replica cards. And I don't know what year it was, 1980, and it would just be all these vintage cards. And the Lajaway at that time was like the most expensive card. It was more expensive than the 52 Mantle, than the Wagner, and all that stuff. And so 
that was like my dream cars, the Lajaway. We call them, I call them Lajoy, and I still do, but I know it's Lajaway, so I'm saying it Lajaway. But then Napoleon Lajoy, Lajaway, with the green and the baseball in the background. One of my favorites, the Eddie Plank. If you don't know about the Eddie Plank, uh, that's considered one of the rarest cards. I mean, by itself, uh, you probably wouldn't guess why it's so expensive, but the tale is just kind of like the Honus Wagner. It got taken off um, production because somebody at the factory just dropped the plate, you know, the printing plate. So you need a printing plate to make the cards and he dropped it and broke it. So before they finished the run, they couldn't make any more plank cards. So that's why that one is a rare card, you know, not a, artificial scarcity one of those kind of things the card itself i love that story of how some guy just like oops broke it and like oh we're not gonna make another one so move on pepino man how did you get your job at dodger stadium and did tommy lasorda ever lose his cool around you okay um it's kind of a Hopefully, I give it a short version. The long story with um, how I got my job at Dodger Stadium. When I was a student at Mount Sac and I was studying um, to be a uh, uh, sports turf management, I was in a club called the STMA. So the STMA is a sports turf managers of America. So it's it's like this big group of um, groundskeepers, and we have conventions just like the uh, card convention. So every year we have card uh, groundskeepers conventions and all the groundskeepers from the NFL, uh, soccer, uh, MLB, uh, NBA, you know, like all the groundskeepers, not NBA, all the groundskeepers, uh, they all come together, you know, and there's conventions and there's all these machines and you take classes, uh, what's new in the sports turf industry, new strains of grass, new fertilizer, whatever. Uh, and David Meller, the groundskeeper for the Boston Red Sox, there was a contest to win a scholarship. So for a $500 scholarship, I had to write an essay of where I saw myself in 10 years. Okay, and this is like, you know, early 2000s. So I said in 10 years, I probably see myself still being a regular worker or hopefully an assistant, still trying to move all the way to the top to be the head groundskeeper. And I won, all right? And I won that contest, I won the 500 scholarship. You know, I got to buy all my books at school that semester, it was super cool. But he, um, in that essay, I also included a bunch of pictures of all the, the designs that I would do on the grass, on the baseball fields. I worked at um, a place called Big League Dreams and we had six fields. So on every single field, I will mow for eight hours. I would do a different design. If you guys ever seen David Miller's book, he has a book on um, grass designs, you know, like art. And I did a lot of the stuff that he put in his book. And he was really impressed with my mowing. So he wanted me to mow for him. So he offered me a job in 2004 with the Boston Red Sox. But I had my family. And it was an entry-level job, and it didn't pay enough, and I had to move to Boston. It was just not feasible. And so he offered me, he told me, hey, my friend is the head groundskeeper, the assistant groundskeeper at Dodger Stadium. Uh, they're looking to hire somebody. Maybe they'll hire you. 
So he referred me to the Dodgers, did a couple interviews, and that's how I started working at Dodger Stadium. Now, did Tommy Lasorda ever lose his cool around me? No, not around me. Uh, but believe me, I've heard stories. Yeah, he had a pretty nasty temper. Uh, what is your favorite pre-war card? The Dijon, the, the, the you know, the, the long Dijon, uh, however you want to pronounce it. Those are my favorite pre-war cards. I love the T209s and, you know, the T206 and all those. Um, and second place would probably be the, the card that Vincent Sanctuary just picked up, like the Joe DiMaggio, those cartoon cards. Love those too, man. But something about the colors in the Dijon, oh, it really turns me on. So that would be uh, my pre-war cards. Hey, Pepino Man, who will play Cesario Fondavario in the Pepino Man, the movie? Um, Shoot. That's a good question, man, because all the hunks are already getting older. You know what? It would probably be that guy from Friday after next or is it next Friday in Ranch Cucamonga? The one who says, I'm an Aztec warrior. I'm an Aztec warrior. Uh, that guy uh, would play Pepino Man in the movie. All right. Uh, what is the best ride at Disneyland? Man, the best ride at Disneyland, I love Space Mountain, but for people that aren't familiar, Disneyland is divided in two. It has Disneyland, then it has California Adventure. I recently started going to California Adventure, and the incredible ride and the goofy ride. The goofy, it seems like it's uh, made for kids, but man, those little crazy turns, and there's nothing to protect you from falling over. That is a uh, bad that stomps your heart bad, but yeah, man. The incredible res at Disneyland Adventure, California Adventure, and I would say, uh, I love Space Mountain and Indiana Jones at Disneyland, but Indiana Jones is not a roller coaster. How do I feel about seven, eight, nine of Star Wars? Um, you know, at first. Uh, I'm a classic. I, you know, I'm old school. I'm a classic guy. I love the classics. I hate kind of like when they ruin the new ones. So I kind of had that attitude like, no, no, you don't need to do new ones. Uh, but I ended up uh, liking them. On VHS and on DVD, I had the Star Wars box set. You know what I mean? So it was like one through six. So I was like, yeah, that was the end of Star Wars. It's the box set, you know, the whole series. So when 7, 8, 9 came out, I was like, oh, man, now my box set is not a box set no more. It's no good. It's incomplete. But at first, I didn't, um, man, I don't know if you guys know this movie called, um, uh, what's it called? With Jamie Kennedy. But it's about breakdancing. It's about breakdancing. And he goes into a coma for, like, I don't know, 20 years. So when he wakes up out of his coma, all his last memories are from the 80s and breakdancing. So his last memories of Star Wars were, you know, the regular episodes. So when he comes out of his coma, he goes to the toy store and he sees um, Jar Jar Binks and he sees all these new characters. And he's like, who the hell are these gay birds? These guys aren't from Star Wars. Oh, man, that kind of like lit my fire too. like, I agree with you, but. I ended up, um, once I started watching them, 
I ended up falling in love with them too, and I love the whole Star Wars um series. Are you an over or under uh, toilet paper guy? Uh, I'm an under. I like it to come from the back to the top. That's my preference. <laughs> Why did you choose your channel name? So my channel name, it's kind of an interesting story. Way before, you know, obviously way before I was doing YouTube, before I came up with that name, uh, I, I belonged in one Facebook group uh, of Dodger card collectors. So I was in that group and I told them, hey, well, I used to belong. Like one guy recruited me from this other page and told me, hey, you're a Dodger collector. Join this group. And I joined that group. And then shortly after I joined the Dodger group, the channel, the only other baseball card channel that I belong to, stopped uh, being a baseball card channel. The administrator got sick and tired of handling all the all the scammers and complaints he would get from people doing auctions or whatever on the on that Facebook channel. It was a baseball card channel uh, page. So what he did was all he did was change the name of the channel and stop administer administering it. Administering it. And um, he just changed the name to the what was it the Pepino? Uh, was it um no the cucumber channel? He changed the name to the cucumber, or yeah, I think just the cucumber. So everybody only started posting pictures or memes of like people with giant cucumbers, just cucumber pepino, you know, cucumbers a pepino. They just started posting like crazy pepino uh, memes. So I told like my guys in my new group, I was like, yeah, my old chat, my old Facebook group, they changed the name to the Pepino. And so everybody's like, oh, no, that's you. You're the Pepino man. So they started calling me the Pepino man. That's where Pepino man came from. It's something that started like, I don't know, 2010 or something. And, you know, it wasn't my whole life. And um, so when I started my YouTube channel, I didn't want anybody to know about it. I didn't want any of my friends. I didn't want any of my family to know about my YouTube channel because once people started, people that I know, my friends and family started catching on to my Instagram and Facebook channels because I always block, um, not accepted the request so I could be myself be, or be silly. It started catching on to me. So I didn't want them to see my new channel. I don't, you know, because I, Honestly, come on, your parents, are my parents going to be proud of my uh, some of the videos that I do? So I just went with the name Pepino Man that my Facebook group gave me so nobody could find me. You know what I mean? Because nobody else knew me as Pepino Man except for that group. That's where Pepino Man came from. Are you a top or bottom? If you're talking about going to the beach... I, I like to wear the bikini top, but no bottom. If you're talking about bunk beds, I'm a top guy. If you're talking about 79, 89, uh, I'm a bottom guy. So there you go. Hope that answered that. <laughs> uh, beer or mota? I would say beer. If I could only have one, I, I would say beer.
any ball players know you're a collector and do they know you're YouTube famous? No, I do not talk to the players actually. I, um, I, I used to have a well, I'll tell you this story. So I used to have to work the dugout. I, have, I used to have to be in the dugout the third, fourth, and fifth inning. No, the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning. So back then, I started getting to know all the players. And then somebody on my Instagram channel that knew Corey Seager as a high schooler, his, his daughter was friends with Corey Seager. And <clears throat> so she told her, um, her dad and her dad messaged uh, Corey Seager on Instagram. Say, hey, did you know you have your biggest fan on the grounds crew and this and that? And then one day, uh, Corey Seager is like, hey, are you that guy Pepino Man that they're telling me about? And I was so embarrassed because back then, like 2016, 2017, I was acting silly. Every time I pulled a Corey Seager card, I would go crazy. Corey Seager, Corey Seager, Corey Seager. And I would act a fool. So for him to see that, it kind of embarrassed me, man, to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he was. I think he was really the only guy. Well, actually, no. Um, if you guys are familiar with, um, okay, obviously, Miguel Cabrera and Jonas Cespedes. Uh, Jonas Cespedes one day, like, gave me a like and commented on my channel. And then he started, little by little, he would back comment on all my uh, older videos. And then, like, a week later, Miguel Cabrera started following me. And he had like 50 followers at the time. So I remember telling everybody on the ground school, like, hey, Miguel Cabrera's following me on Instagram. And I would show him his channel. And they're like, nah, he only got like 50 followers like him. And then boom, boom, boom. It went to like 1,000, 10,000, 100,000. And then I think he deleted it because I never um, saw him again after that. But they uh, were following me for a while. So there you go. Pepino man, if you couldn't collect baseball cards, what will your main collecting focus be? I don't know, man. I collect a lot of things. I have a bunch of comic books. I have a bunch of bobbleheads. I was big into RC car racing. Uh, I got Funko Pops. Uh, Hot Wheels. I got tons of Hot Wheels. So, I really don't know what my main focus would be, man. But, um, I would kind of like to say that I love all my hobbies the same, but baseball itself, the sport of baseball was a big part of my life growing up. Always has been. I read a lot of baseball books my whole life. I was, man, when I was a kid, I was into stats. That's kind of how I used to like choose my favorite players was by looking on the back of the cards and how many red italics they had on a tops card if you know what i'm talking about so that's why back then man people like pete rose you know what i mean like you know he leading in hit leading in this all the time you know ricky henderson you look at stolen bases he had the red italic all the time uh nolan ryan he had the red italic all the time for strikeouts then roger clemens came and stuff like that so that's pretty much um how why I love baseball cards more than everything else. I love baseball. Just the sport itself. My family is a baseball family. 
Uh, Richard Pryor or George Carlin? I would pick Richard Pryor all day. My dad used to have um, records of Richard Pryor, George Carlin, uh, you know, all the um, old time classics. You know, he had the beta tapes of Eddie Murphy, Raw, Delirious, uh, Cheech and Chong records. Uh, but Richard Pryor, I think, was always my favorite. George Carlin is just as good. But I prefer to stay off the political stuff and do stuff more that I can relate to. And Richard Pryor was more relatable to me, if you understand what I'm saying. Who are some of the early YouTubes, YouTubers who inspired you? All right. That's kind of easy, man. Uh, when I first got on YouTube, like Baseball Card Junkies, especially Baseball Card Junkies TV, I learned a lot from them about 90s cards and everything that was going on recently in the hobby. So that was my learning go-to, man. Baseball Card Junkies TV was awesome. But some of the old schoolers aren't around anymore, like Sevens, Tattoo Sevens. Uh, he was kind of like me. You know what I mean? I, I, I would almost say like I'm almost like him, basically. Uh, there was a guy, uh, yo, show me your hits. I mean, he was going to school to be a baseball, to work in baseball, be like a baseball scout or something, man. That guy was hilarious. Uh, he used to do, um, if you want to talk about sports card radio, yo, show us your hits or show me your hits. He was sports card radio before them. Like, he would talk about all the breakers, all the repacks, all the like, because this has been going on forever, you know, just not as a huge operation as it is right now, but it's always been here, you know, just in smaller numbers. But he was always quick to point those people out. So, I mean, and he was funny. He was funny. He hated repackers, uh, but he was funny as hell. Tommy Goff, man, Tommy Goff. He's the reason I get loud because he would be loud. You know what I mean? Um, so with him being a popular guy in the community, I said, I could be loud, man. I could just be myself and yell and do all this crazy stuff because Tommy Goff would just drink and be loud, man. Man, there were just so many people back then that were inspirational. Uh, one of the great editors, I forgot his name, but he's the guy who runs Card Cave Central. Man, that guy. He would. He was the first person I ever seen use a green screen, and man, best videos. So many guys from the past, man. And I watched YouTube for like about two or three years before I started my own channel, man. So I'm very familiar with the old school heads. It's a shame that they all left. What caused you to leave underwear modeling career behind you and go into YouTube? Uh, getting fat. Uh. Before, man, I used to be able to do like 10 crunches. Now I could probably only do like one. So I'm out of shape, man. And a funny story about the, this um, YouTube uh, pair of underwear. So I, when I went to the National, I said, I'm going to get a pair of underwear. I'm going to find the biggest underwear that I could find so I could get as many people to sign it as possible. Right. But when I went, they didn't sell any singles. And all these big size underwear, they only sold them in packs of 10, all right? So I took all 10 of them to the National. And everywhere that I went to go eat, 
like I was going to go, I went to go eat in so many different restaurants and so many um, YouTube, uh, YouTube friends. You know, we go to a steakhouse, uh, we go to a spaghetti place, we go to a pizza place. And everywhere that we went to go eat, I would leave a pair of these underwear on the table. So when I went to Chicago, there was nine restaurants where we ate at or bars where I left a pair of underwear on the table. Man, those waiters must have been like, what the hell is this? Uh, does Fernando Valenzuela make good carne asada burritos? Dude, um, I don't know. Would he? You think he cooks for himself or you, do you think he has someone that cooked for him? You know, I'm sure I'm sure his wife makes a mean burrito. But honestly, I wouldn't know if Fernando does, man. I would hope he does. And I'm sure he does. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez or Slowpoke Rodriguez? Even as a kid, even as a kid, I was attracted to the, the lesser known characters. So with Speedy Gonzalez, Slowpoke Rodriguez was always my jam. You know what I mean? Same thing like at Disneyland, like one of my main characters was Goofy. Doesn't get as much attention as everybody else, but I think he's super special, more relatable to me. You know, with Warner Brothers, Daffy Duck. I love Daffy Duck. That was like my jam. Go to the Muppets. You're talking about, uh, oh my God. Ah, I can't even remember his name. Uh, I want to say monster, but it's not monster. Oh, Animal. Animal is my favorite Muppet of all time. So like, like I said, man, even in baseball, you got Hank Aaron, Eddie Matthews. I kind of lean towards Eddie Matthews. You know, we had Barry Bonds and um, Matt Williams. I kind of lean towards Matt Williams. I always kind of like the little psychic guy, man. That's just been my thing. Did you play baseball growing up? If so, what position? Yes, I did. I uh, played baseball my whole life. I mean, some of my most memorable memories was when I was a kid because when I used to live in this apartments called the St. John Apartments, I only lived there from first to third grade. And I have so many memories there. And most of my memories are baseball memories because the church parking lot had a baseball field drawn on the parking lot, like on the asphalt. We used to play there all the time. But when we used to play with the adults on the weekends, my dad included, my dad, my, my dad was like super cool, man. He hung out with all the youngsters, you know, in the neighborhood and all the little young gangsters. Uh, and we would go play at the, at the Little League baseball field. And I'm talking about like, I would play shortstop, and if you think about it, first to third grade, I'm a second grader, third grader, and I play shortstop, and it could be a grown-ass man batting, and I got to take his ground balls. Uh, but, yeah, man, um, man, I, I played baseball my whole life. I never played t-ball because as soon as I joined um, Little League, they put me right into the minors, and then the next year I went into the majors. But I've played baseball my whole life. My picture that you can see on my, what is it called? Your avatar or, or whatever it is on my thing. That's my high school baseball picture, my freshman picture. Man, one of the a crazy thing about, um, <clears throat> one of the, my most memorable things about playing baseball, I was playing third base uh, for my high school team. 
and this guy just hit a shot at me, a ground ball. And, you know, back then you go to down to one knee and one knee's up. The ball hit my knee, just hit my knee, and boom, went straight to the first baseman, and the guy was out. And everybody ran to me. I remember as soon as that happened, everybody ran to me because the ball went off my knee. I didn't touch it with my glove or my hand. It went off my knee. And, dude, like a bullet, it went straight to the first baseman. Like, I don't know if it hit my ligament or what the hell it hit, but I felt no pain. Everybody came out. I was like, oh, you okay? And I was like, I don't feel anything. That was like one of my best baseball memories, man. But, yeah, man, in high school, I played third base and left field. In Little League, I pitched and played third base and left field. Left field was the best, man. I used to um, – I was one of those hams. You know how you hear about stories like Willie Mays. Willie Mays used to wear a hat or a helmet that was too big for him on purpose so that when he runs, it will fly off his head to just make it seem like more dramatic, like he's going super warp speed. So I kind of – did the same thing and I would slow down for a ball so just so I could dive and catch it, man. Uh man, baseball. Yeah, I love baseball, man. I played it my whole life, even well into my 40s. I was playing in a national in the Mexican League in California. Uh, which set was the hardest to complete? That's kind of a easy question for me, I would kind of say, because I would say it's my 1969 set. Now, the 1969 said the only reason it was the hardest for me to complete because I don't buy off eBay. I don't shop COMC. I don't do any of that stuff. So only cards that I see in person, I would buy, you know, especially at this time before going to nationals and, you know, all kinds of crazy card shows. I would only buy cards in person. So the 1969 said the last card that I needed was number nine. I needed card number nine, and it took forever to get that card. And honestly, what happened is I finally put a post up, said, like, man, I've been trying to complete the 69 set forever, and I, and I basically did, man, like a 100-mile radius of every card shop by my house looking for that 69 number nine. And every single card shop that I went to, every card show, whatever, never had it. Just didn't have it. And so I made a video saying, man, I've been trying to look for this card and it's like impossible. And magically, the next week, I got like 10 of them in the mail. It was, the community is so fucking awesome sometimes. I'm like, that, that's like, wow, that was wow. You know what I mean? But like the 1958, I ended up completing it in person but the 69 i cannot get that number nine card man so i like to say like i don't know i understand how in this hundred mile radius i could not find number nine but then there was like 10 other people that had it and willing to send it to me do i go to usc football games i used to go to a lot i used to go to a lot of usc football games man it was a great time man the coliseum has been a big part of my life growing up uh, just the Coliseum in general, I used to go to Rams games. I used to go to Raiders games. You know, both of them used to play out at the Coliseum. Uh, Mickey Thompson's off-road championships at the Coliseum. Uh, concerts. Uh, man, I used to go to the LA Coliseum for all kinds of stuff back then. Monster truck rallies. Uh, bad. I had a lot of great time. Like, you know, I like to tell people, it's like, I was poor and probably couldn't afford to go to all these places. My family couldn't. But my uncles, I had three uncles that lived by me. My uncle, uh, 
Marco, my uncle um, Gerald, my uncle um, uh, Harold, uh, they were stationed at Long Beach. They were in the Navy. So on weekends, when they would take leave or be off on the weekends, they would come to our house and they would take us to the movies, sporting events. I saw every movie, man, back in those days, man. Red Sonja, Terminator, I mean, Reckless, all those, uh, every great movie, man. My uncles would come out and they would always take us, man. So that was a crazy benefit, man. All my, is because my dad's from Texas. That's why I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. My dad's from Texas, from El Paso. And to have three brothers just living right by us and they were all single and living for free and making money. So that's how I got to experience so much as a kid, man. Oh yeah. I love wrestling, man. I grew up on wrestling. Uh, you, uh, the LA sports arena, the LA convention center went to tons and tons of wrestling events. Not only that, even as a kid, when I lived in Mexico, we used to go to Lucha Libre all the time, man. And let me tell you, man, the Lucha Libre over there was insane. I mean, they'd be small places. They'd be like, they'd be like uh, uh, abandoned warehouses where the roof collapsed. And we'd be in a warehouse with just walls and the roof is like all broken down. And they'd be cheap. And, man, the show that they used to put on at Lucha Libre in Mexico was insane. But, yeah, man, growing up... Uh, there was Chavo Guerrero, not not the son, but like the dad, not Eddie Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero was like one of my favorites. Tito Santana, arriba! You know, the intercontinental champion. Oh, man, the Junkyard Dog. Yeah, I could go on forever under the giant, the Iron Sheet, you know, Tugboat, uh, Big John Stud, uh, Greg the Hammer. I, I could go on forever. Loved wrestling. Loved wrestling growing up. Pepino Man, how do I keep uh, crabgrass from my tall fest, you got to spray it, man. It all depends. Uh, crabgrass, you know, there's preventative. There's a thing you can spray before the summer starts in the spring to prevent it from even showing up. That's a preventative. And then once it shows up, uh, there's a couple of uh, chemicals that will help kill it. But if you wait too long, there's only like really only like one product because a grass grows in stages. You know what I mean? So it's called tillers. So, when it's just one stick, you know, that's one tiller. But then it splits in half, that's two tillers. But then once you start getting, like, it grows like, a, you know, like a spider, and you got, like, five tillers, uh, you got to go to the expensive stuff, man. But, yeah, crabgrass, it's a bee. Dodgers Mount Rushmore, name them. Man, well, for me, the Dodgers Mount Rushmore, man, four guys. I mean, Sandy Koufax. Uh, Jackie Robinson. See that that that's tough. That's a tough one, man. Um, yeah, but I guess you got to go by all time greats, right? I mean, I, you got to include um Duke Snyder in there, and man, to think of the fourth one because you got you know so many other players. You know, you still got Pee Reese. My favorite players growing up were like, uh, you know, Fernando Valenzuela, Pedro Guerrero, but that that would be biased. So Sandy Koufax. Roy Campanella, Jackie Robinson, and Duke Snyder, man. That's what I'm going to come off at the top of my head real quick. What was your favorite decade of collecting the 80s? The 80s, man. Love the 80s. I have a – man, I made a video a long time ago about my 80s collection, the 80s baseball cards. That was, like, one of my favorite videos to make. But the 80s, I grew up in the 80s. In the 80s, that's the thing is – um. 
I was fed so much baseball. You had TWIB, you know, this weekend baseball. You had baseball games all day for free on regular TV, you know. Uh, there was the baseball bunch. The baseball bunch was like the greatest show ever. That's where the famous chicken used to come out. Johnny Bench. Uh, right here I got Gary Carter. My friend Gary, uh, I have a Gary Carter. Actually, like, why do you like Gary? Oh, the baseball bunch, man. I love Gary Carter from there. You know, Ozzy Smith would be on there. The 80s was like the greatest uh, time to grow up a baseball fan because there was so much of it on TV, and it was fun. It, it was for all sports, too, especially the NFL. You know, you had NFL films and stuff, but baseball was my passion, man. And the 80s baseball? I used to know so much back then. I used to look forward to watching all the games. It was just like the greatest, especially winning the World Series in 88. That was just the ultimate. Tell us your best story about meeting a celebrity. Mm. I would kind of say I've met a lot of celebrities over time. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. But what I'm going to say is meeting Fluffy. I was at a STMA, Sports Turf Manager Association um, a convention in Denver. And when I was flying back, I seen Fluffy. You guys know the comedian Fluffy. He was sitting down on a bench by himself. And I kept staring at him. I was like, is that Fluffy? Is that Fluffy? And I got close, and then he looked up, and it looked like he was in a bad mood. It just looked like he had a long night. He was tired. He was in a bad mood. And he says, like, yeah, I'm Fluffy. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, hey, I, I, I don't want to bother you. Can I just take five seconds of time and take a selfie with you real quick? And he was like, okay, man. And then um, really quick, he walked up to me all tired with a sad face. And as soon as I put my phone up, he like, man, went like if he was full out happy, I took the pic, and then he went right back to being sad. He's like, oh, okay, man, you need anything else? And I didn't ask him for another guy. I was like, no, man, I don't want to take your time, man. Thank you so much. And he sat back down. So I got to say that's one of the greatest ones because just for the fact that I could tell he was in a bad mood and he was probably like, oh, man. When he see me staring at him, but he gave me his time and quality time and took a quality picture with me, man. He went from sad to glad, like in one second, and then back to sad. Uh, which one of your costumes is the most fun to wear? Um, to be honest, I think I like wearing the. The Joe Exotic one, those little, those little shorts with that little like uh, mullet wig. I like the Joe Exotic character, man. I, that's like one of my favorite costumes to wear. It's not too hard. <laughs> what is your favorite current Dodger player? Um, I mean, it's Kershaw. I would have to say Kershaw, but I don't know if you guys know, one of the coolest things is um, if you ever watch a Dodger game and when anybody hits extra bases or a home run, 
they do this dance like this. <laughs> that dance was uh the Dodgers had a, a gala. They had like a Dodger gala just for Dodger players, like a ball. And so, you know, they had DJ liquor and stuff for the players on the day off. And Freddie Freeman, that's the dance he was doing. Like that was his real dance. So that's why when they hit a home run, everybody calls it the Freddie Freeman dance. Uh, I, I I love that, man. But my favorite current player has to be Clayton Kershaw, man. And every day that he's going to pitch, I really look forward to it, man. There's a, a thing that happens with Kershaw. So before every game, most pitchers play long toss, but they, they're more towards the center of the field. Well, Clayton Kershaw, he gets right, right, right next to the edge of the outfield grass, right by the warning track, right on the edge of the warning track and the grass. He's the only one that does that. So right before the game starts, you know, first thing I do is I drag the, the infield dirt. So every Dodger game, almost every Dodger game, the infield dirt, I dragged it. And then after I do that, I drag the warning track. So almost every other pitcher is uninvestable. I don't really see him too much. They're more towards the center of the grass. But Clayton Kershaw, he's right on the edge of the grass and the warning track. So when I'm dragging the warning track, and if the timing is right, and I'm at the edge of the warning track, and he's right on the edge of the grass, like literally we're like five feet apart, and he throws his fastball right past my head, that is like one of the best feelings ever dude i don't know what it is about that but that is so thrilling to have kershaw's fastball man like literally just fly by my head you could hear the sound you know so he's throwing it this way and i'm driving this way so it's even faster that is like one of the highlights of my groundskeeping career <laughs> i love that the Pino man did you ever go to the card shop on no i haven't i've never been to the card shop at knott's berry farm or eat at the chicken house there. I've eaten at the chicken house. Yes. I've eaten at the chicken house at um, Knott's Prairie Farm. But no, I'm not even really too familiar with the baseball card shop they have there. Favorite card experience or story with your family? Well, I've never really done. I don't have too many hobby stories with my family at all almost. But... One of the, uh, it, this is hobby related, it's not baseball card. But my daughter, when I first started at Dodger Stadium, my daughter's favorite pitcher uh, player at the time was Eric Gagne. And I even took her to like a little Eric Gagne, like baseball camp thing that they had. And they, they gave them like a little statue that they built and they drew it. So I used to have that on my shelf for a long time. And then when her birthday was coming up, she asked me to get Eric Gagne's autograph for her. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I could do that. I'll, 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 I'll check it out. And then I asked one of my uh, friends on the grounds crew, like, hey, do you think it's possible to get Eric Gagne's autograph? And this guy was like the go-to guy. He was the gopher for the Dodgers, all the Dodgers, anything they needed. Like if they wanted to put a system in their car, he's the guy that would take their car like to the shop and put it in for them. Like he was their go-to guy, like for any favors they needed. And so he had juice with all the players. He's like, yeah. And he gets on his phone, literally just gets on his phone. Hey, Eric, can, can you get my friend an autograph for his daughter right here? And he's like, yeah, meet us at the batting cages. So I went to the batting cages inside Dodger Stadium. And 
my friend, uh, so we went to the batting cage and we just got a ball right there from the batting cage and gave it to Aragonia. And Aragonia was like, all right, this is for your daughter. And he was like, oh, no. and he signed it for me. You know, Aragonia on the sweet spot. And, and so he tossed it to me. When he tossed it to me, uh, Matt Camp, if you guys know Matt Camp, he catches the ball while it's almost in my hand. He catches the ball. He's like, hey, you don't want my autograph? I'm going to start too. And, oh, and then Matt Kemp signs it. And then um, calls um, James Loney. He's like, hey, Jones, James Loney, you're a star too, right? He's like, hell yeah, yeah. And he gives him the ball. And then James Loney signs the ball too. So then they give me the ball like, hey, now you got now you got three stars, you know, on the on the ball, man. That's even better. Like I was like, yeah, thank you. And deep down inside, I was not happy. I was like, man, my daughter only wanted a regagne. So they all left, and I got stuck with that ball. And when we went back to the locker room, I told my friend, I was like, man, I really only wanted a regagne. I don't want those other guys, man. They ruined the ball. So he called them back, and he came back. And he signed another ball for me that I gave to my daughter. All right. Okay. Do you think the pitch clock is hurting or helping the game? I don't know, man. The, here's the thing. For me personally right now, I love it. I love it. We started doing this in college baseball a couple years ago. Oh, my God. Loved it. Loved it. If you watch old games, if you watch old games from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s, I watch a lot of Mickey Mantle games. You know, I'll rewatch games that he played in, Sandy Koufax pitches, um, games that he threw. Even Greg Maddox uh, was more recent where they get the ball and just pitch it, get the ball and just pitch it. People in the uh, batters, they would swing, miss, stay in the batter's box, boom, right away, get back in. So that's the way it used to be. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of baseball I kind of grew up on. So I love it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. If you're not old school, but you watch old games, all those old games are like that. The pitcher right away pitched it. They didn't walk around. They didn't have to gather themselves together. Like, they were ready at all times, man. So I love that style. But, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people who don't like uh, that it's a short game, man. But – I love it because now what I'm noticing, like Dodger Stadium, L.A. Uh, Dodger fans are known for leaving the game early to beat traffic. So they would always leave like in the seventh, you know, two hours into the game. All games back then were three hours, four hours. There was a lot of four-hour games. All right. There was a lot of games where for the Dodgers, on uh, Fridays we have firework nights. If the game did not end by 11, they cancel fireworks. That's happened so many times, so many times. Think about it. Game starts at 7, does not end by 11. I'm talking about nine-inning games. You know, so now the effect is there's a lot more fans at the end of the game, and that's what I love, all right? So I like it. <laughs> uh, favorite restaurant in the L.A. area? Um, it's nothing fancy. I call it fancy, but nobody else does. But I love this place called Northwoods Inn, Clearman's Northwoods Inn, man. Uh, it's probably not fancy, but it's fancy to me. Where was what was your first baseball card? Mine was the 1978 Topps Reggie Jackson. I have no idea what my first baseball card was ever. Baseball cards have been in my life forever. My youngest memory as a kid, all I remember is I used to have a bunch of loose baseball cards on the bottom of my toy box. 
we had a big wooden toy box where all our toys were in. And at the bottom, there was always baseball cards. But my first memorable baseball card that like, I, I clearly remember buying was this Mickey Mantle. Oh, man, I used to shine this all the time. It used to be so shiny when I was in junior high and high school. This was my wallet card. I carried it in my wallet all the time. And every single week on Friday when we had free time, in my metal shop class, even my wood class, I would buff this. Man, I had this thing spit shine for years. And obviously, I haven't done that lady, man. That's probably something I should do. But that was like my first card that I remember. Hey, Pepino, man. When are you going to join? I am on Instagram. But like I said, I've been on Instagram for way before YouTube. So my Instagram name is not Pepino because the nickname Pepino didn't even exist. <laughs> Uh, back then when I joined Instagram That's why I use the name Pepino So the people that follow me on Instagram Wouldn't follow me to YouTube <laughs> Are Chico Sticks Just ghetto Butterfingers without chocolate? Uh, pretty much Pretty much It's more seedy though But yeah Chico Sticks are, are, are pretty ghetto And brittle And what year Will your, will your next what year will you be next at the national so we can meet you in person, man? I wish I could go to the national every year. Uh, the last couple of years, believe me, Vince is actually uh, like personally on my own. I probably can't afford it, but every year, man, you know, gracias a Dios, thank be to God. People offer me like my plane ticket. People offer me a place to stay, but. The last two summers, uh, this summer, my assistant took a personal leave. Uh, last summer, uh, my assistant uh, took another job as a golf course superintendent to be the head honcho. So both those times during the national, I had no one to cover me when I left work. So I just wasn't able to go, man. So if things work out right, hopefully next year. Pepino man, what were your contacting minds to join for collectors? Um, I had to send uh, some pictures that I'm not proud of. But hopefully they never make their rounds on social media. Hey, Caesar, this thing is going to come to a close. <laughs> oh, man, that was fast. I, I, I thought that was fast. Yeah, we're getting up. On I didn't even think we're going to cover an hour. <laughs> but listen, I just want to remind you guys that, like, if you're going to watch this throughout the week or the next couple of weeks, comment questions for the future live stream or video for Caesar. <laughs> All right. That was cool, man. That was fast. That was fast. Um, right. Any last parting thoughts there, Caesar? Not really, man. Uh just hope everybody um, is accepting to this channel. Like I said, this is a chap uh, channel for collectors. You could go anywhere else for flipper, dealer, uh, whatever. But we're just talking about collecting here, not so much making money. Just collecting, man. So <laughs> love the hobby, people. You keep <laughs> collecting baseball cards forever. We're trying not to interfere with other stuff going on with YouTube. So we're trying to be considerate. 
Yeah, I, I didn't even think we were going to get an hour's worth of stuff, man. Um, I, I could keep going. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so I had fun being in the backgrounds and controlling all the questions, but this was a fun hour. And we're going to do this, what, monthly or twice a month? How, how, how often are you going to do this? Yeah, it's supposed to be um, every month. I go on, I guess, every two weeks. So every other week, I'll probably do a live stream with somebody or or do a, a show, man. Uh, maybe um, do some of that Pepino After Dark stuff I used to do, but in the day. <laughs> All right. So I guess with uh, that, we're going to put this to an end. And when we're going to just say goodbye, thank you for watching, Caesar. It was real. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching, man. Thanks for the support. Awesome time.